0: This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast, or radio.com sports original. Welcome to Baldy's Breakdowns. We have made it to week 16. We have the playoffs just, just over the horizon. We are into the nitty gritty of this 2021 NFL campaign. I am Jason Lockenfora. I have the pleasure, as always, to be with my main man Brian Baldinger here as we sit down on a Wednesday morning and talk about the week that was and spin things forward to the week that will be. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Jason Lockenfor and at BaldyNFL. And please, subscribe to Baldy's Breakdowns, Spotify, iTunes, Radio.com app, wherever you get your podcast goodness, and and give us some feedback there as well. We always want to know what you guys want to hear and learn more about and nobody breaks down the film like baldy baldy man we're, we're we're getting there brother we're, we've got more teams in the dance more teams that know that uh hey better luck next year santa claus is getting geared up this is this is oh, it getting man geared up, jason
1: you know happy holidays to you likewise, likewise brother the whole thing to you and to all the listeners out there but i mean the nfl's giving us football on four straight days Hit a row this weekend. Yes. Like, you're not going to have a chance to really enjoy any of those wonderful bowl games that the college has given no. us. Not when, you know, the Vikings and Saints are playing on Christmas Day and you got you a triple header on the day after Christmas on Saturday to get you ready for Sunday. Yes. To lead you into Monday night. I mean, it's really, I mean, it's a full plate of games. Some of them have major significance, some of them will be playing out the string. And some of them uh, will be a real prelude to uh, football in January. Yeah, we got to savor this because it
0: it goes quickly, man. It seems like we've got these full weekends, and then next thing you know, it's just a couple of games a weekend, and then we're down in the championship games, and then it's a long, cold winter uh, and spring and summer until football comes back. Well, certainly there are uh, plenty of teams and plenty of individuals who are on Santa's nice list. Uh, and who already have playoff presence under the tree. And then there's a few uh, on the naughty list as well, Baldy. Some Hmm. teams that couldn't take care of business, even though they were decided favorites. Um, We'll start with the Pittsburgh Steelers. A lot of coal and a lot of stockings there. I don't know, Baldy. I am not sure that they're going to win another football game. Um, This could be a team that stumbles into the playoffs with five straight losses Cincinnati just out-wanted them, out-hustled them, out-hit them, out-ran them, out-scored them, and the Steelers' offense is, is really, to me, uh, in the abyss right now, and I don't know how they get out of it, because normally you'd say, man up, put the pads on, practice hard, and start running the football. They're getting whipped up front. They don't have the offensive line to run the football. Ben doesn't help them in the run game at all. They don't seem like they have enough volume in the run game to even get better at it. And that's a problem.
1: Well, I mean, you cover a lot of bases there. <laughs> I had to go back and watch it because, you know, watching, so, I I I was watching some of the money. night. I, 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 be honest, I didn't watch all of it. But I, so I had to go back and watch it. And I watched it and studied it last night. And it's just like bizarro. I mean, David DeCastro has been one of the most consistent players in this league for, you know, for the last, I don't know, eight years, whatever it is. And he, he, he leaves early, pulls to, to block on the other side, you know, a trap block. And he leaves early. He wasn't flagged. And he runs into Ben taking the snap and the ball comes loose. And you go like, what? Like, that doesn't even happen in practice. And, you know, like especially these two guys have been playing so many games together. So you, see, you look at that, then you say, okay, Ben, does he really not see Josh Bynes right in front of him? Um, or, you know, they run, they, they, you know, they run a hit screen to Ray Ray McLeod and, you know, Alejandro Villanueva just takes a bad angle. And the only guy that could stop him from hitting and set on the goalpost makes the tackle two yards behind the line of scrimmage. Deontay Johnson runs a fade stop on the outside in third and seven. And he comes to a stop and he starts hopping. Like I, I don't know what happened to him, but he starts hopping, and Phillips is the corner, and he almost comes up to the interception. I just, and then, you know, they don't really move the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, they is at left guard, and, you know, Hawkins is crawling around on all fours, and they got this kid Gray in there at left guard when Howard goes out for a play, and you're like, can he play? Where does he come from? I mean, it's just – you know, you just wonder, like, there's zero consistency. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, you know, Benny Snell will pop one. You're like, oh, that looks like the Steelers. That's good. That's, that's the Castro pulling and Pouncy pulling. And that looks like, ah, I might as well put on back there. That's kind of what it looked like. But those plays are so few and far between right now. And I just don't see this offense really getting to sustain any consistency. Partly. Because Ben just wants to get the ball out of his hands as fast as possible. So when any quarterback wants to do that, Jason, they really are limited by what you're going to do. I mean, it's going to be quick hitches. It's going to be go routes. I mean, it's just a limited offense. And that's what it looks like right now. It looks like a limited offense. And then on defense, they're just so beat up um, that you just wonder – can they ever because, you know, even last year when they had no quarterback play all the way through week 15, they were in it because yes. defensively they were taking the ball away and they were sacking the quarterback and creating these negative plays more than any other team in the league. And they were scoring defensive touchdowns. And now they're not doing those things. And so it looks like a complete collapse. But, you know, the the good thing about this league is anything can be turned around in one game because it is a week to week league. But when you string three bad games together in a row, you wonder if they can ever get out of what you call the abyss.
0: Yeah. And, and the kind of final part of this unraveling of the offense, the part that I kept watching this team and saying, okay, well, th- it's so predictable what they are and and what Ben thinks they need to be to survive that eventually all these three to five yard throws, in yeah. high traffic areas are going to become medicine balls. Linebackers and safeties are not even going to pretend to worry about a ball going over their head. And these wide receivers who, except for Juju and Chase Claypool, are not big boys, are going to start paying the price. And now we're seeing that, Baldy. And I think that had something to do with the drops as well, is that everybody knows where the like the ball's only going to the flat left or the flat right or right over the line of scrimmage in the middle, like a, yeah. with a check down. So, everybody knows where the action is, and I can understand some of these guys tensing up a little bit because you're taking a lot of abuse to matriculate the ball five yards down the field. Baldy's he's averaging 5.3 yards per attempt yeah. the last five games. The Ravens average more than that per carry.
1: Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it, it, it comes down to simply uh, at this point, Jason, that Ben just does not, I mean, he just doesn't want to take another hit, <clears throat> another sack. You know, and it shows um, the the movement that we, you know, we always sort of marveled at just isn't there right now. And so he just wants to stay on that potion stamp behind Marquise Pouncey right now and just get the ball out of his hands literally in two seconds or less. And so, like I said, and like you're, you know, like you're poetically stating, it, you know, it's a limited offense. It's a limited offense. And if Juju is going over the middle, he's getting crunched. and. Yeah. He looks like he's tired of getting crunched, to be honest with you. Yeah,
0: they're going to be a fascinating team the next two weeks. And we'll 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 get a little more specifically into their matchup this week with the Colts when we preview week 16. But staying with our theme here, reflecting on what we saw. Another shocker. The New York Football Jets, who have been flirting with victory huh. recently. They get it done against the Rams team that. I mean, I don't know. The Rams can look as good as any team in the league, and maybe that's just 2020. And they can also find a way to lose to the Jets. Um, I thought the Rams were going to pull this off. I thought the big punt return at the end was going to lead to a a score itself or, if not, put them in business to do something. Um, McVeigh was going for chunk yards on some third and fourths where I thought, you know, maybe they might approach it a little differently. Cam Akers become their feature back. He's now out. Um, I don't know, Baldy, like you say, it's a week to week league. Did you see anything that, that told you this may be coming and, and what's your level of concern, if any, about the Rams ability to string together victories next month?
1: Well, which team is going to show up? I mean, it's really all it is. I mean, they, We'll talk about them against Seattle this week. But, I mean, that was a complete collapse. I mean, you get a punt block. You know, I mean, and it, and look, the defense came out there and they held in the field goals and all that kind of stuff. But you see the Jets take the opening drive against that defense. Yeah. You know, and like not one negative play. You know, not couldn't force a penalty, couldn't force a negative play. I mean, you let Sam Darnold stay on schedule, literally dinking and dunking 13 plays down the field. And you know, there's complete breakdown, and Ty Johnson scores the opening touchdown. I mean, it's like they, they they never saw the back come out of the backfield. And so, you know, did they sleepwalk through the week? It always starts with the preparation, right? And and if it did, you know, shame on them, uh, because they, you know, they were given a golden opportunity to really take control of the division with yes, uh, and, and they just couldn't do it against the team. And and so there's two there's two parts to this whole game. One is the Rams collapse, and I don't want to take anything away from the Jets, uh, you know, because they didn't turn the ball over, and they made the plays. But on the other side, you know, to hear – I understand Jet fans want Trevor Lawrence, and they want an opportunity to get Trevor Lawrence. And by winning, they may very well lose that opportunity. Yes. Still two games to play. But, you know, for Mekhi Becton or Denzel Mims or Braden Mann – or Ty Johnson, or any of these kids that have never experienced the feeling of a victory, like you can't deny those kids that that opportunity. You, you know, and so and then you go, well, the Jets screwed it, you know. And then you hear the national people going, oh, the Jets screwed up. Well, when should the Jets just forfeit games? Like, should it be Week Ten? Should it be Week Twelve? Like, when should they just give up so that everybody else can say, okay, you can now. Officially rebuild with Trevor Lawrence, and who knows, maybe Debo Sweeney. You know, I right. like just get the whole package. Like oh I, boy. I just don't know how you. I've been on a one fifteen, Jason, and I know the ugly feeling, yeah, especially in December when you're just the punching bag for the whole league, and like I, I felt bad for those kids that are just getting dumped on by the not the fans. I understand sure. fans are fans. I'm not going to deny the fans that wish list, especially in the holiday season. But I I don't understand that national media coming down on the jets and crushing them when, what are they supposed to do? You know, they had chances to beat Denver. They had chances to beat the Raiders. They had chances to beat the Patriots. I mean, you know, and they foiled those chances. All right. I mean, some of it on their own doing, but the, the, the the conversations that I I I kind of heard and the whispers I heard, like can't you can't deny Adam GaSe or Joe Douglas or Sam Darnold, like what this thing is all about going out in there and competing and competing to win and beating a really good football team on the road like that.
0: Yeah, no, they're going to play to win, um, but it, it 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 very well uh, very well could reshape the future of that team depending on on you know what if Trevor Lawrence is all that a lot of people think he could be. um, If there's a quarterback that they like more than Sam Darnold at two and who knows, man, look, crazy things happen in this league. Maybe Jacksonville wins out and the jets still get the first overall pick a lot, a lot to be determined, not just with the playoff ramifications, but also the draft ramifications. Um, Baldy. I feel like we talk about the bucks, not every week, but a lot of weeks because they play some baffling football at times. I mean, We've seen them play a game against the Chargers where they didn't start playing until halftime, and then they couldn't be stopped. We've seen them play games uh, against the Panthers where they couldn't be stopped in the first half, and then they stopped playing football at halftime. We've seen a lot of games where the defense shows up and the offense doesn't, or the offense shows up and the defense doesn't. Nobody showed up for the first half against the Falcons. 17-0 Atlanta. Tom Brady has 53 net yards passing. They have six rushes for seven yards as a team. It looks like um, they've hit rock bottom and then Brady throws for 300 in the second half. He unlocks Mike Evans uh, and Antonio Brown for for big plays, deep plays. Brown finally gets in the end zone and they beat a Falcons team that, let's just face it, it's been in their DNA for about three, four years now. Really going back to the Super Bowl loss that no lead is safe. The Atlanta Falcons could very well implode. Uh, crazy game. I guess this is just who, who the Bucks are.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. Because it was um, a tale of two cities, to use a Charles Dickens reference. I mean, it, it was two halves. I mean, there was a no-show in the first half. and the second half, they couldn't be stopped. And, you know, 30 minutes of football against a lowly Falcon team was enough to win the game. But, you know, if they see Green Bay, if they see New Orleans – if they see Seattle, I don't know if they see the Washington football team for crying out loud, right? Like, are we going to see the same thing? I mean, they struggled against the giants this year for much of the game. I mean, but we've seen them struggle for much of the season where it still doesn't look like there's the chemistry and timing. And you still wonder if this is the offense that Tom Brady can go deep in the playoffs with, because for much for for most games, they really just lollygag around, and you know to see you know the first half of just punt punt punt. All right, let's go get some orange slices and let's let's you know I mean it's we we've seen it too many times to think like this could very easily be a team uh, that could be one and done, because they haven't given you any reason to think that they're going to be a juggernaut if they get to the postseason.
0: Yeah, uh, they are—they are kind of a baffling team, um, and I—I I don't quite know exactly what to make of them either, Baldy. Another team that we've—we've we've talked about this trend for quite some time now. They play sort of—they sleepwalk, they wake up, they dominate, they get bored, but they consistently find a way to win. Unlike the Bucks, who have stubbed their toe numerous times. The Kansas City Chiefs, look, they've got the inside track to the one seed now. All they have to do is beat those same Falcons who blew that lead to Tampa and the Chiefs clinched the one. This is another game, though, Baldy. You watch the game, then you look at the box score, and you're like, this game had no business being this close. How did the Chiefs hold the ball for 41 minutes, go 9 of 18 on third down while the Saints go 1 of 11, run 92 plays while the Saints run 52 have Patrick Bleepin Mahomes at quarterback and pretty much a healthy team except for you know Edwards Alaire goes down, uh, and this thing comes down to the last possession. Like, how, how is yeah. that possible?
1: Well, they could put him away, you know. And Drew was, I mean, he was uh, to say he was awful. I mean, I, I I'm not gonna say he was awful, but he was really rusty to start that game, and you really wondered if he should even be out there. Like, I mean, yeah, I, who knows how bad he's hurting and all that. I mean, but regardless, I mean, that was not a good first half. But the one thing about the Saints defensively, even being on the field, 92 plays and giving up 34 first downs and, and all that stuff, man, they have so many different pieces to defend. If they wanted to take the, the way that they defended Travis Kelsey in that game was, I don't even know how you put a game plan together like that or Tyreek Hill because it changed It didn't change series to series. It looked like it changed play to play. Like, you know, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Malcolm Jenkins, you know, Quan Alexander, they have all these different pieces that can bracket, double, man up, man this side of the field, zone this side of the field. And it, you know, as good as Patrick Mahomes is, like, and as creative as he is, it, it, it was difficult for him. It, and so they had a lot of negative plays and so they had to come out of those negative plays uh which they did a bunch but and they ran it 41 times yet they threw it 51 times I mean it was it was a crazy game to watch and you go if this was the Super Bowl if New Orleans and Kansas City is a Super Bowl I'll sign up for it right now yeah. because you're gonna get like you're gonna get that kind of a game that we just saw like who knows, The changes and the momentum shifts and Mahomes' factor and Breeze throwing to guys like Lil Jordan, Humphrey, you know, (laughs) like I don't know what number touchdown pass for a different player that is for Drew. It's over 70. Maybe it's at 80 now, but like they just keep coming at you and it looks like the same old Saints offense and then they could just put drives together.
0: Yeah, that, I, I, I would definitely be down with a rematch of that uh, come February as well. Um, Baldy, we had another wild one involving the Arizona Cardinals who seem to be in a lot of these games that that come down to uh, a Hail Mary one way or the other. At the end, Jalen Hurts continues to look the part. Um, and there's no two ways about it. The Eagles' offense has transformed since he's taken over at quarterback. Uh Kyler Murray um, had to kind of try to match him run for run and throw for throw. And and look, I think that's where the Arizona Cardinals are as an offense right now. Um, they're going to go as far as he can take them with with what he does when it gets off script, what he does in scramble drills yeah. uh, that that's, you know, that's how they're going to live or die. They ended up getting this win and keeping themselves uh, in good position to make the playoffs. Um, but I, I got to imagine like 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 me. You come away pretty impressed from what Jalen Hurts has done with getting very limited practice reps, practice reps. Sorry, pretty much since he was drafted, um, and coming in under duress.
1: He was sensational. I mean, down sixteen nothing on the road. uh, You know, there was a safety, and you know, there's some you know some turnovers early, but to overcome a sixteen nothing deficit against the defense, it's not great, but it's got a lot of great athletes out there. Yes. Um, You know, Budabanker, Patrick Peterson, Hassan Radek. I mean, you go through, they got good athletes out there. Guys that can run, that know the game, that play the game the right way. To see him throw touchdown passes to Quez Watkins, to see him, you know, extend plays and big shots down the field to Zach Ertz for 42 yards. uh, The touchdown to Greg Ward was just a a great read and a great throw. Uh, He sees the field really well he has undying belief and confidence in himself. Yes. Um, and he, it's just its just refreshing. They look like an offense, you know. And, and on a day when, you know, Matt Pryor was just struggling like crazy at right tackle. But on the other side, Jordan Malata looks like the best left tackle in football. I mean, it's just, uh, it, it was great. It, I mean, it's great theater. I mean, uh, the Eagles, I don't know what their decision is. Jason, when you got a quarterback that's owed $35 million next year, but the other guy has yeah. completely usurped him. And yeah. so uh and on every level, he's usurped him. You know, the poise, the accuracy, the reads, under and this is just two games. Now there's yeah, you got the Cowboys this week, you know, you you finish it up and you go, is four games enough of a sample to make such a critical decision? an organizational decision for the Eagles. And on the other side, the, the Arizona Cardinals are just in the hands of the athlete of Kyler Murray. I mean, he, he could just out athlete you, but I mean, the quarterback play is is, is spotty, uh, but that's who they are. And so, you know, DeAndre Hopkins can get hot at any time and win a jump, bunch of jump balls. and And that's who they are right now, you know, but, but the Hurts factor is going to be fascinating how it all plays out for the Eagles uh, over the next two weeks in the offseason.
0: And finally, Baldy, a, uh, a young quarterback who helped his team earn a massive victory, uh, helped his coach get a key win against his mentor. Uh, the Miami Dolphins just kept bludgeoning you know, New England, mostly on the ground. I'm I'm watching the game. I'm like I don't really know who 81 or 85 or 86 is, but they kind of look like Gasecki. They're kind of built like Gasecki, and they're moving the chains the same way they were doing. There's no Devonte Parker, but that's okay. We'll just keep finding ways to to hang in this football game. We know the Dolphins are a really good defensive team. Um, the strength of their second the, the team, the secondary, wasn't going to matter that much because New right. England, you know, right. isn't going to throw it 50 times with Cam Newton. Uh, and, and Miami just wore them out in the second half, beat them at their own game, uh, and and they just continued to impress me. And Tua had, you know, the, the interception uh, in the end zone where he was under pressure, and I think the ball was tipped. But he shook that off. Uh, and, uh, I mean, just some really well, impressive, know, long, sustained drives, Baldy.
1: You, know, you know, the thing that was – so, you know, you see the complete changing of the guard. You know, um, you know, Miami, Buffalo now, and New England, where they're at. Uh, but we saw that coming anyways. But yeah. the thing that was impressive is they go into the game without Devontae Parker, without Mike Kosicki, without Jakeem Grant, who are their top three, yes. you know, receivers that's, 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 throughout the season. And Kosicki is really coming on. So you go out there and you're playing with a bunch of free agents and guys off the street. And they go and they bludgeon, you know, the New England Patriots on the ground with – Savan Ahmed and, you know, Matt Breida and three rookie offensive linemen. And you go, that's a sign of a good team where they can go, okay, it's not, it's not to his day. He doesn't have to do a heavy, a lot of heavy lifting. We're going to, we're going to beat the Patriots at their own game. And they did. And that's hard to do in this league, especially with three rookie offensive linemen. And it's a credit. It's a credit to how well they're coached and to how they can morph, their game plans, much like the Patriots have done for 20 years to take advantage of their strengths and to recognize the strengths and then execute those. And I, I, I give Brian Flores a ton of credit and that whole Miami Dolphin organization and how they're doing this right now because that was impressive with how they did it. Um, and, and and they march on and, the, you know, the Patriots are just licking their wounds and trying to figure out how uh, you acquire that many you know, draft picks and draft capital and rebuild a team the way the Dolphins have in, in less than two years.
0: Yeah. It, it's been an astounding turnaround and, and I'll be fascinated to see if they can uh, keep this going against the Raiders. And then they face a Buffalo team in week 17, that that might be locked into the two seed with nothing to play for. And, and we'll see whether that becomes um, essentially a bye week for them with McDermott being an Andy Reid disciple and Andy Reed, Pretty much always taking that bye when it's there. I, I tend to think McDermott might go that route. Baldy, before we get to previewing some of these key week 16 matchups, um, I know we're not going to go crazy on the pro Bowl because you and I, I are in agreement that the process is flawed. I mean, even the timing is flawed. You only play 16 games. An eighth of the season hasn't been played yet. We're already <laughs> doling out the awards. Uh, it tends to be a popularity contest. But regardless, um, It is a a significant distinction, and there were some pretty obvious
1: snubs. I thought so. I mean, if anybody spent any time watching the Giants' defense this year, you had to be impressed with Leonard Williams. You have to. I mean, 99 shows up every week. Um, He's hit the quarterback more than any defensive end that got voted in or defensive tackle outside of Aaron Donald. Um, His sack numbers, uh, his pressure rate, uh, you, you just watch the game against Cleveland this last weekend and yeah. watch the running lanes just disappear. Now, Dexter Lawrence, Dalvin Tomlinson, they're a part of it too. Um, they're, they're big and strong and they're hard to run the ball against and they have been all year, but, but big cat Williams has had a complete rebirth, a renaissance, if you will, since being traded from, from the jets. And, you know, I, I give Patrick Graham and the giant's defensive staff, a ton of credit because they have figured out a way to really unlock Leonard Williams. So that's that. And then I don't know how Derrick Henry runs for 1,750 yards and he literally just chops the tree down every weekend by wearing these teams down like he did last week against, you know, the Texans. But how is it that Roger Saffold or Nate Davis or somebody in that offensive line, isn't a Pro Bowl player. I mean, start yeah. with Roger Saffold. All he does, wherever he's at, Rams, you know, Tennessee, he plays great football, consistently great football. Lines up every week, and he plays great. So, you know, I don't want to take anything away from anybody else that's in the Pro Bowl, but you can't you can't leave Roger Saffold or even Nate Davis, the, the second-year right guard, off that list just based on what Derrick Henry's done. And how good Tennessee is up front right now.
0: Yeah, and Baldy, the, the, the other one that stuck out for me was DeForest Buckner, who yeah. has transformed yeah. that Colts defense, um, has played the run, collapsed the pocket, made others around him better. Had three sacks
1: sp- last week. I mean, if you yeah. just want to go off the most recent game, I mean, he was a dominant player on Sunday when he needed to be dominant.
0: Well, and, and Baldy, I I can just look at the two Tennessee games. He plays the first game; they shut Tennessee yeah. down. They yeah. they out physical him. They they yeah. end up beating the snot out of him in the second half. He misses the second game, and they can't get Derrick Henry's got 170 yards in the first half. The game's over at halftime. I mean, right. you can just see. I mean, hey, when he's not there, they ain't very good. When he's there, right. that's a top five defense. Uh, yeah. So, anywho, that one that one was kind of a stunner. For me, um, in more pressing matters, Baldy, we now um, are, are are getting close to week 16 here. As you mentioned at the top of the show, it starts Friday. It goes straight through Monday. Um, one of the earlier games on the slate, Saints against the Vikings. Minnesota, that's a tough one against Chicago. Um, their season's effectively, you know, over. Uh, yeah. But. You've got individuals there who, who have plenty to play for. Um, I'm sure they'd like to win as many games as possible. And we have a Saints team that now kind of got their sea legs under them, as we talked about. Drew Brees shook some of the rust off. Um, you know, do, do you think uh, New Orleans takes care of business
1: here? I think they do. You know, Minnesota, you know, that game against Chicago last week. I mean, if you just if you just looked at the stats, Jason, you couldn't be any more even. Yeah. With what the Bears did and the Vikings did. I mean, Dalvin Cook leads the league in scrimmage yards. I mean, he's having a phenomenal season. And it's the talent that Dalvin Cook is. And Justin Jefferson can easily be the rookie of the year. And Kirk Cousins throws the ball off play action as well as anybody mm-hmm. in the league. Uh-huh. And yet they're six and eight, you know? And so, you know, they played a ton of young guys on defense. But that game against Chicago came down to two fourth down stops. And Chicago and Khalil Mack made the stops and Minnesota didn't. Uh, convert and and conversely, they they lost the game. They they have the ability, just like they did in the playoffs last year, to go down to New Orleans and win. Um, I don't think they will. I, I think yeah. that uh, I think New Orleans. You know, this two game losing streak that'll be enough. They look healthy. Uh, I don't know what Michael Thomas's status is. They need him in the offense. They need that that right now. But I I, I think the Saints you know, take care of business, get back on track, and and get back on, you know, I don't know where, what seed they're going to be, but, uh, you know, I think they still have a chance to number one seed, and I think that's really important this year.
0: Yeah, and, and Thomas is on IR, so he will be back for the playoffs. They didn't want to take any chances with him um, aggravating that thing, knowing that they're in the playoffs, and, you know, seeding matters, but, uh, you know, Sean's seen that team wilt in January a few times, and and is going to sell out here to make sure that that ankle is is, as healthy as possible when they do start playing do-or-die football. Uh, Baldy, we talked about that Arizona offense and where they are right now. Um, They're trying to solidify their playoff push, a divisional game against the 49ers. These games tend to be a little bit wacky. Uh, it, It certainly looks to me, though, like San Francisco has run out of steam. You know, they had to live, basically they've had to set up shop in Arizona now for an extended period of time. They get kicked out of Santa Clara County. The injuries keep mounting. Kyle Shanahan's basically put his receiving core on IR at this point. Um, It's looking like CJ Beathard with Josh Rosen, who they just signed off a practice squad, as the backup. I guess you say you throw everything out in these games, but there's a lot to throw out from the 49ers' side.
1: I agree. Um, They... You know, I, I'm wondering right now. I mean, Nick Mullins' thing didn't work out, but as much as we love Kyle Shanahan, is his offense? I mean, I don't want to call him a dictator. He's the head coach, the offense coordinator, but it seems to me that what's missing from this offense, and it doesn't matter if it's Garoppolo in there right now or Mullins or now Bethard, is the quarterback's ability to freelance at all. Yeah. like It almost seems like the ball has to go here. And you're not allowed to read the backside of this. And I don't know that you can just dictate to a quarterback where the ball has to go. Because sometimes they just see things differently on the field than you do. But if they're being told and basically scolded, because Matt Ryan had this issue with Kyle, um, you know, Atlanta, even though he was the MVP of the league, but he had the issue with them. And I just wonder, after watching this thing kind of collapse this year, and I know you could blame it on injuries and, and all that, but still, uh, teams do find ways to overcome that. I, I I just wonder if this is going to be an issue going forward, regardless of who the quarterback is.
0: Yeah, and I I tend to think the quarterback is not on the roster right now. Um, I yeah. I, I I suspect that. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is 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 going to be among the well, many people that's why in this Josh league. Rosen
1: didn't surprise me. Yeah. Like, let's – we knew he had arm talent. I mean, I don't know where his head's at after, you know, traveling around the league to <laughs> these different stops and on these, you know, bad teams and whatnot. But, you know, Josh Rosen beat San Francisco twice, two years ago. I mean, it was like yeah. two of the three wins were against the 49ers. And I know he saw – the ball go over their head for a 75-yard touchdown in one of those games, and I'm sure Kyle's intrigued by the saying: "Is this a guy that could run this offense? Play yeah. action, you know, all these different things he's asked his quarterback to do. You know, young, uh, kind of, you know, not really beat up at all physically, right? You know, um, no major injuries at all. Like, is this a guy that he could build this offense around? And it won't surprise me." To see Josh Rosen get snaps this week or next yeah. week, yeah,
0: no, I, I guarantee he gets a look see because I do not think they're. Well, I'm not. I don't even really say they don't, I don't think. I know they're not married to Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback next year. I'm not saying it's impossible that he's yeah. back, but they are going to explore lots of avenues. Um, another divisional game, um, Baldy. This one probably not great. Playoff ramifications. Eagles and Cowboys I am though intrigued to see you know and look Dallas doesn't play much defense so I think Jalen Hurts will probably look the part here again um you know and, and it was funny I don't know if you saw Jerry Jones at this week come out and say that you know Jerry Jones the GM thought they had one of the best rosters in the league and now Jerry Jones the owner is having to come to terms with the fact that maybe that wasn't quite accurate um, uh, I don't think anything's ever really going to change in in, in, in Dallas, Baldy. I, I think they plan the Super Bowl route every year out there in Oxnard, California, because Jerry's the one planning the route. And, and then through the course of uh, 16 games and 17 weeks, they find out that they're not who they thought they were.
1: Well, I mean, look, the Cowboys beat the Eagles. And this is probably an indictment on the whole organization. But the Cowboys beat the Eagles earlier in the year. I'm sorry, the Eagles beat the Cowboys the first time. Uh, with Ben DiNucci at quarterback, and, and really, maybe that game with Ben DiNucci at quarterback defined this Cowboys team and how incomplete the roster is. Now they have five different offense linemen playing right now than they did a year ago, outside of yeah. Connor Williams. And so, and, and but but that glory days of you know Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins and Zach Martin, I mean that's you know Travis Frederick, right, that's yeah. over. Yeah. It's over, yeah. and so you know they invested a lot of resources in those players, and you know that that never that those days of building that team and Zeke is going to run for you know fourteen hundred yards like it's over, uh-uh. and I don't know that Zeke is. I mean I know he didn't play last week and Pollard didn't look bad, but I don't know if Zeke can ever get back to what we think we saw those yep. first two years. Like, he's not an explosive runner anymore. Now, you can say, okay, well, if you give him, you know, four Pro Bowl offensive linemen, (laughs) he he can. But nobody has that luxury. Like, you know, you better be ready to – and I don't care what the team is. You better get ready to play 10 offensive linemen in August next year because that's kind of what the league looks like right now to me is you better have 10 guys that can play. And that's your job. Now, you can't pay – five guys and have 10 guys that can play, you know, you better, you better develop some guys. And, you know, I don't know if Brandon Knight or Terrence Steele or long-term guys, but they've got to rebuild it in the trenches because that's where this team really suffered this year. You can say Dak was out and all that. That's true, but they're not well built in the trenches. And that probably is going to, they're probably going to see that this week against the Eagles. Well, and it's
0: both sides of the ball, Baldy. And what do you try to fix first? And and I think they'll probably lean offense because Dak's going to get his 40 plus million a year. That's coming. Um, he'll get the second franchise tag and then they'll have to extend him. And they've got all these assets tied up in receivers. But if you don't have a, a group up front that can do anything, the seven step drop, forget about it because your quarterback's going to get killed again. So I, it will be fascinating to see how Jerry Jones sorts through this. Um, but to me, that's that's a team that is in decline. And I don't think there's a quick fix.
1: No, um, I don't either. I mean, I just when I saw them say, OK, Don Terry Poe is going to be our starting, you know, defensive tackle. I'm like, yeah. well, what game? Gerald McCoy. That? Remember
0: that? Yeah.
1: yeah. Like, I mean, I, I but, it, but it just goes back to town evaluation. Yeah. Like what game the year before should I watch Don Terry Poe in where he was a good player? Right. Forget about dominant where well, he was a good player in Carolina. Like, I mean, I, so it, it you know, like, look, you, if you think CD lamb sitting there on the board is um, a pick that puts you over the top. All right. I mean, I, I like CD lamb. I like everything about him, but that's not how you build football teams. No, And no. so uh, they, they, they have to really <laughs> investigate what they want to be and how they want to get there with the same coaching staff that was not impressive in anything that they did this year. No,
0: no, I think, uh, I think 2021 is going to be lean for the Cowboys as well. Um, we don't have a ton of out of conference action this week, but one game where man, if this one ends 56, 55, I wouldn't be personally shocked Packers and Titans. Um, I really love everything about the Titans' offense, Baldy. I really don't like much about the Titans' defense. Uh, and Green Bay, they are very well be- built to beat most teams, but a team like Tennessee that might just bludgeon you on the ground 40 times, that's not the team that Green Bay's uh, built to beat. This is an interesting one for me. And that old, as my buddy Bart Scott used to say, styles make fights. Um, this one fascinates me. I do oh, yeah. think there'll be a lot of points
1: scored. I I, I totally agree. I mean, you've got this, uh, you know, read perfectly. But I think, you know, for Green Bay, it's really exactly what they need to get ready for the postseason. Because the one team, like last year, the 49ers, the one component that we are unsure about this whole Green Bay defense, from the design with Mike Patton to the personnel that they have, is can they stop a powerful running game? Now, sometimes the game dictates that. If Aaron Rodgers and the offense just jumps all over Tennessee, and it's 20 to 3 at the half, and then you have to forego Derrick Henry. But if just like we saw last week, if you can play with the lead or in Eye distance of the lead um, and you allow Derrick Henry to get to 20 carries and you get him to 25 carries, I mean, he's going to get his yards and they're going to control the game. And so that's really what – and so, you know, Green Bay has the ability to play bare defense and load up up front. It's not what they like to do. Uh -uh. They like to play a dime defense and one linebacker and two defense. So they they know what they want to be defensively. Tennessee may very well not allow them to be that. And so it's can 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 Green Bay stop Derrick Henry for four quarters if he's allowed to really stay with that game plan. And to me it's 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 a great prelude to the postseason and the one weakness that we still believe Green Bay has. Can they stop a powerful running attack? Yeah, and, and the thing about
0: Tennessee is if if they lose this game And to me, this game is kind of a toss up. They then play a Texans team like it's not out of the question, as well as we've seen Tennessee play and all they've done. The AFC is so wacky, Baldy. It's not out of the question that they then face a Texans team that almost beat the Colts last week and has been in all these games needing a win just to get in. You know what I mean? And this is a team where you watch them come back on Baltimore. You watch them dismantle the Colts without. Um, Buckner, you, you see them turning on against Detroit last week and oh, I almost off a 50
1: burger I mean, without Kiki. trying. And they're no, not a lock to get in. No, but I mean, if the Maniac doesn't get the ball out of Kiki Kuti's hands yeah. at the goal line last week, they're going into overtime. Yeah. I mean, so, Deshaun Watson is going to, he, he's going to keep you in the game. Just his sheer will and talent's going to keep you in the game. So you're right. I mean, it's, it's not a walk. And those two teams, these division games, these teams, in any division, they know each other so well. You know, they always say, well, they play each other twice a year. They know each other. It's more than that, Jason. Anytime they turn on the projector and they're studying game tape, all they're doing is seeing their opponents Right. every week against another common opponent. So it's like they never stop watching. them. And so, yes, they, they know where all the, the weaknesses are and how to exploit them. And, and, uh, you know, even with an interim situation in, in, in Houston, um, that's, that's going to be tough. It's not an easy finish for Tennessee at all.
0: No, no. I think it's kind of been underplayed, but I, I kind of look at that and say, boy, if it doesn't go well tonight, they're playing for their entire season all of a sudden against uh, an opponent that knows them pretty well. The Bills and Patriots know each other very well. Uh, there's clearly been a changing of the guard in this division. I look at this game, Baldy, and I think the Buffalo Bills put the exclamation point on the we're the bully in this division now, and have fun with your rebuild, Belichick.
1: Well, I think they now carry the right swagger. I mean, they have to finish the deal. They're in a position to just finish it. The fans have, you know, the Buffalo Bill fans are the mafia. <laughs> the mafia. I don't know. They, they might be on. They might just be. At, they might just camp out at the airport. Yeah, you know, um, you know, this. But the thing is, is that. Buffalo now plays with a, a real swagger. The quarterback is off the charts good. Um, the, the combination of Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen is the best in the NFL right now. You can argue Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and that's fair. But this is lethal. And when they need to play, they know where to go. It, yeah. It's going to Diggs or it's going to Beasley. Defensively, they're healthy and they're playing really well. And they're very well coached. They tackle well. Yes, They've got great corners. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're really good. Um, so this is, I mean, they just got to close it out and, and I don't, I don't think there's any question that they're focused to do that and yes, sir. to really put the big, bad wolf to rest, you know, yes. once and for all, like a 20 year run is officially over. Yes, and I they, think Buffalo, they, They're going to slay they, the dragon, Baldy. They're going to slay, they the, dragon. slay the dragon this weekend.
0: The two games we saved here for the for, for the end, because I, I, I just am incredibly intrigued by both of these, and they have massive playoff ramifications all over the place. Um, we'll start with the Rams and the Seahawks. This looks like the battle for the wild, wild and wacky NFC West. Um, Seattle, uh, it's been a while since they've really impressed me, but they win games. Uh, and we talked about, you know, the Rams documented – their Jekyll and Hyde tendencies. Aaron Donald tends to make life difficult for Russell Wilson in these situations. He has. It's true. Uh, so, But game. I don't really know. I, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in either of these teams right now, and they've combined to win like 18 games. So I guess yeah. that's kind of silly of me to say, but I, yeah. I, this to me, I don't really even have a lean here, Baldy.
1: Well, I mean, if you go back to week 10, Seattle lined up Anthony Collins as the starting running back, mm-hmm. Travis Homer. I mean, they they now are actually healthy at the running back position with Carlos Hyde, Chris Carson starting, Rashad Penny was active for the first time last week, and despite all of the the buzz about the the hashtag of let Russ cook the first half of the season, Pete yes. Carroll wants to just ram the ball down your throat. He led the league in rushing two years ago when he had Marshawn Lynch, they were marching on to the Super Bowls. That's who he wants to be. And as much as we kind of get caught up with Russell's Houdini act to throw the ball to DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett on the run and escape this handing the ball off to these guys is really what they want to do. And they did that against the Washington football team last week. Uh, Carlos Hyde went 50 yards to, to kind of, you know, put the game to rest at the beginning of the third quarter. Um, <clears throat> that, that's what I think is going to happen this week. I think you're going to see a powerful running attack from Seattle. And I think they're going to win this game because I think Russell Wilson knows how to manage the game. Not, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Right. He knows that the run game is going to fuel him. The plays that he gets off the run game to make that payoff, that's his job whether it's over the top to DK, whether it's across the middle to to lock it, whether it's to one of his tight ends, he knows that the run game is going to really set the table and he's got to make a payoff, and I think he will. And I think you'll see, despite the weaknesses in the secondary of Seattle, because they're still there um, in the lack of pass rush at times, um, I, I think Seattle takes control of this division with a real monster run game. Well,
0: Baldy, we opened the show talking about those bumbling stumbling Pittsburgh Steelers. They face a Colts team now. Both these teams are have to be looking at these games as something close to must win. I mean, we know Pittsburgh has a pretty pretty good safety net to get into the playoffs, but they're they're they're, they're now I have to look at the Cleveland Browns as a team that might come out of nowhere and knock them out of the AFC North crown. Um they're, they're not doing much of anything on either side of the ball. They're kind of feeling sorry for themselves. The Colts know they have to keep winning to, to, to keep pace with Tennessee, to win the division, and they, just to get into the playoffs. That's a You could have a scenario where the Colts miss the postseason entirely. I, the Colts don't beat themselves, Baldy. To me, their bend don't break. You know, on defense, they know who they are. Eberflus is not trying to be sexy or 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 trick you to death. He puts his players in positions to succeed with that zone operation. Ben's really struggling against dropping linebackers and dropping DNs lately. Ben's not seeing the field well. Um, I, I think that the Colts' defensive line could be a problem for the Steelers' offensive line you, that you documented um, all of a sudden has some holes Um and, and even when the Colts don't run the ball well, Baldy, they try like hell to run the ball. It is very much in their ethos to keep pounding the ball. That's what Frank Reich believes in. And the Steelers are not great against the run, and they're particularly not great against the horizontal run game with a guy like Hines. I don't know, Baldy. I don't know that the Steelers answer the bell again. I, I just don't.
1: Well, I-, I mean, you just, you know, look, you're – I mean, you've got the is buried, and I think it's going to be a tough matchup. The one thing that the Colts have really, like you mentioned it, that they commit to the run, and now Jonathan Taylor is that guy. And he looks like the guy that they traded up with, you know, a couple spots to make sure they got him, and for good reason. I mean, he's really looking like the power running back that he was at Wisconsin right now. The line's playing very, very well, and, you know – it's kind of interesting. It, it's it's hard to talk about. It's a little easier to show, and even that's difficult. There is a synchronicity that has to develop between a running back and an offense line. You could take a great running back and a great offense line and put them together. It doesn't mean that the back is going to be great. Right. There has to be some synchronicity to how the back works with the line. And it's taken a while. Jonathan Taylor was, did not look good the first half of the season. Uh-uh. He looks much better now. And I think you're going to see that. And Phillip Rivers is barely getting touched. Yep. And I don't, you know, they're, they're receiving core right now. Zach Pascal or T.Y. Hilton, they're all yep. out there. Um, this looks like a good football team right now in a lot of different ways. And it's a good test for them. But I, I, the offense line is healthy. The tight ends block well. Phillip Rivers is taking care of the football. I I think, you know, Indianapolis takes care of business this weekend. They continue this uh, this death spiral of the Pittsburgh Steelers.
0: And if that is the case, Baldy, and if the Cleveland Browns manage not to do what the Rams did and lose to the Jets, (laughs) that sets up a Week 17 between the Steelers and the Browns that I suspect will be the last regular season game played in this NFL season, because I suspect that ends up being, um, you know, the the eight twenty kickoff uh, on the final Sunday of the regular season. But let's enjoy week 16. First, we'll certainly be back next Wednesday yeah. to preview week 17, but this has been the latest edition of Baldy's breakdowns as always check us out on Twitter at Jason Lock and four and at Baldy NFL, please subscribe rate and review us on Spotify, iTunes, um, radio.com app where you can find us all over the place. Um, Baldi, this has been a blast as always, brother. I, I hope you have a wonderful Christmas yeah. and, and your travels are safe. If you are headed on the road, we and, and want to wish everybody out there happy holidays and, and hope that your, your season is filled with good health, uh, good friends and family and in small numbers and uh and a lot of football
1: yeah yeah Merry Christmas to you and yours uh Jason I'll be in New York for Christmas and I'll be in Baltimore Sunday for a big matchup with the Giants see if Baltimore can you know finish the deal here against a really good defense so it's going to be a great matchup down there in Baltimore so yes uh a, a safe healthy and happy holidays to you and Everybody uh in the Lock and Fora family there Jason look forward to it man.
0: Thank you my man. Enjoy Charm City and uh we look forward to catching up with all you guys next week.